What's up, guys? Welcome to the Real Estate Virgins podcast, where we are here to amplify your business, take it to the next level. We're agents, we're boots on the ground, and we're not only talking about it, but we're actually doing it. And uh, today we have Jordan Brown. What's going on, you bunch of virgins? (laughs) (laughs) And we got Pablo today. What's up, guys? Hey, and uh, so Pablo has been shadowing me today, and we're... uh, we're doing a lot of stuff. We went to a closing. We did some videos at a house. One of your closings? One of my closings. Nice. Congratulations. Thank you. It's Thank exciting. You. We've been we've been firing on all cylinders, man. Like I feel like between the two of us, like we've had what, like eight closings in the last two weeks or so? Like two or three weeks? I don't know, a decent amount. So I need it because my wife just uh, wrecked my car. Yeah, thank God she's okay, man. That was <laughs> thank God she's okay. I know, I know. She called me today on Facetime and was like, "We're screwed," and I'm like, "What happened?" And so insurance won't take care of it, but um, rip. Yeah. So luckily, I'm selling houses. Yeah. No kidding. It could but, be worse. But Pablo said he has a friend, so I know a guy. He knows a guy. I got a guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, what's going on with you guys? Uh, not a whole lot that I can disclose, but, um, you know, <laughs> there's been there's been some good stuff happening. Uh, business is good. Um, you know, good to be back in downtown Austin where uh, the smell of shit in the air has returned um, in downtown. So really enjoying that. South by is officially over. It's over. Got our first little taste of it. I, I really enjoyed that. That was super fun getting to see a bunch of startups. And we talked about it. It's cool just not knowing what booths you're passing that are, who knows, going to be the next Google or you know Uber or whatever, whatever new big business is going to pop up. We probably passed a few of them. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Pablo? Uh, it's been great. Uh, I just uh, joined a new team. And nice. And I mean, we created a team basically uh, in theory. Yeah. And it's been great. It's been like boots on the ground. Uh, we're we're getting a lot of business, and we're focusing on the the Spanish market. Oh, okay. Uh, cool. So it's it's been great. It's been uh, now 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 I'm having the opportunity to shadow shadow John, see see how he does, how he works his his way, and uh, and it's it's been exciting. I think um, I'm learning a lot from all these people and uh, and yeah creating value which that's like it's the name of the game yeah creating value you know i've always said that i wish i i would have stuck with i took spanish three years in high school i could get to a point where i could like read it pretty well but my brain couldn't process it fast enough because i wasn't like in practice with it um and so a lot of that has fled my my mind but I feel like there's such an opportunity to tap in to the Spanish speaking market. That was with when I was at AT&T, we had Spanish customers that I couldn't help. And I'm like, who knows how many sales I lost because I couldn't help those people. So that's awesome. Dude, I was literally just about to say that there is a huge Spanish speaking market in real estate here in Austin. Well, yeah, because I mean, tons of the advertisements, it's like, unless you, unless your primary language is English, like you're missing out on a lot of potential business there's there's so much more like especially here in austin there's a big melting pot of people that don't speak english or they it's not their primary language and it's like those people need advertising and education and and value and all that too so well the thing about um spanish culture and correct me if i'm wrong but a lot of them really are hoarding cash right and like they have a lot of cash and they don't know what to do with it right i don't know if i'm available to disclose that i don't know if (laughs) I, i should disclose that but you need to talk to my lawyer. But yeah, we 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 believe in uh in keeping the cash on on hand, not in the banks. Uh, 
not not everyone, but uh, but most people they do hold a lot of cash. I well, mean, right, my my grandpa he like does not use credit cards or debit cards. It's just cash. Well, right now, cash on hand is a hot topic with all the bank stuff going on. Yeah, so that's true. Banks and crypto, it's like hey, cash on hand seems to be cash the, the popular game. option. I know that's true. Yeah. And cash is what gets you gets you the deals, man. <laughs> like uh, my most re- one of my most recent uh, transactions, we we did a cash offer, and we got it for you know thirty k less than what it was listed at, which was already a hundred and ten k less than its peak price, which was back in twenty twenty two. So uh, yeah, cash speaks, man. Always, cash gives you it's a, it's it's a tool that gives you the the advantage. Uh, you know, like you can find that opportunity if you have cash. It's 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 what it's way better to have cash as compared to what for those that are listening. Well, the advantage of cash. Yeah. Financing. Gotcha. It's, you know, not having to worry about a, a contingency on, you know, oh, well, this lender will only do it at this point or getting, you know, a, there's... Bit, getting a better deal too. Mm hmm. Yeah, and not have like not having a mortgage. That's another huge advantage to it. You know, Dave Ramsey, who we've discussed our our feelings about him and his stance on on homes and debt and good debt versus bad debt. No matter how you feel about it, he's right. Is that it, you know a good principle is that if you can pay cash for something, then you should you know that's your opportunity to be able to afford it. Uh, and there's another opportunity too is like educating the your client base in the the positives of good debt and that's that's what we're that's why we're here right uh that's why we're helping this market because there's a lot of programs and products uh that are that they're available for them as well you know like uh really good products for them to take advantage and 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 keep some of their cash and and have that loan you know Mm -hmm. yep and uh and i think that's important too because you don't want to get rid of your cash cash is important so you you want to keep it Mm -hmm. as much as you can there's also a, a line that you have to walk whenever you're talking about a home purchase with cash because I know, especially if you're getting a mortgage, you it looks bad if you suddenly have this influx of $10,000 deposits of cash because then that raises eyebrows where it's like, where'd all this money come from? What else is going on? Like, Even though I don't think it should be that way, that's how it is. I remember one time I won like 300 bucks at the casino and my lender was, and I was buying a house at that time and my lender was like, where did this $300 come from? And I was like, I just won it at the casino. And so I had to write up a letter telling them, you know, yeah, one of my my recent ones, they couldn't deposit more. He had ten thousand dollars in cash, like that was going to be what he used to pay his down payment, his closing costs, and he had it in cash. And he had to work with our our lender to be able to go. Okay, you need to be able to deposit five hundred a week, no more, no less, five hundred a week, with this explanation as to what this is, and that's how you're going to be able to get this without raising any eyebrows, like. So you gotta be careful. Like cash is king, and it, but you can't just like. Very rarely can you just have this lump sum of cash that's not accounted for in a bank and get away with purchasing something. And I think a lot of like people that are like, well, where do I get the cash? That's the that's the biggest question is like, where do I get the cash? And my thing was is like, so I was a waiter for eight years. If if you don't know that, and for me, like I just, we started off with purchasing a property with a USDA loan, right? And so that's zero down. And so essentially we literally got into a property. I think it was like maybe 1500 bucks total into that property. And then we lived in it for a few years and it gained value. Right. And it appreciated. And then the market 
went up, right? And then I took the equity from that property and put it in the next house. And the same thing happened again. And so now over the next, you know, the last, I don't know, seven or eight years, that equity just continues to grow. And then you can use that towards the next property. And that's a lot easier to do in a bull market. True. Sure. Very true. So a lot of people who are thinking that that method is going to work, you know, maybe right now is what they're thinking. There's a lot of people who are like perking up because there's opportunities everywhere. You have to also keep in mind that not only are these properties popping up, but you have to have that exit strategy. We'd always talk about it. Mm -hmm. You have to be, you know, knowledgeable of what's going on in your market. It's not the same thing where if you buy it right now, I can almost guarantee in a year you're going to have X amount of equity. Yeah. It's more long-term plays now. So you just have to, you know, keep that in mind. I agree. I agree. Uh, when Side note, when you were a waiter, did you do this? I, I did this thing where every night I would take all my ones and I would put them like in a drawer or something. And over the next year, you I would just... You this trip club and... <laughs> <laughs> no, of course I didn't do that. Uh, <laughs> Mom, Katie, I didn't do that. Uh, but no... <laughs> I would I would let this cash accumulate the the ones and that would be almost like my my end of year bonus to myself where I was like oh, okay I'd awesome. go cash in the ones and I'd have like an extra three hundred bucks or something I'd just be so stoked. That's awesome. Do you ever do that? Do you like um or did you like budget a different way? I or? just remember spending all of my money on the band days. Yeah, <laughs> like on recording music and everything and anything when it came to the band. So Paulo, if, if you didn't know, John and I were in a metal band together. I, I I've so, I've seen the the. Photos. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry you had to experience that. I mean, that. That's exciting, right? Like that's. I I feel like that's some some story in your life that it's really personal. You know? Yeah, and it really did bring us like really close. Like yeah. you know, we we trust each other and we've worked together on tons of deals, but not not because of that, but like we've gone through a lot before. We've seen each other at like the extreme lows in our lives, like being super broke and like having to figure things out. And secondly, when we were in the band, we were the ones always driving the, the progress, right? It was, if we needed a, a van, we were the ones that were going to front the money to, to purchase it. If we were, you know, trying to set up a tour, John was the one setting up the tour dates and like marketing to people and stuff like that. So we were kind of like the glue of the band and when when you're the only two people doing that or or majority i don't want to discredit you know people that that did participate throughout the years but if there was a consistent person or people in in that group it was john and i so it was and honestly like a lot of the stuff that we did in the in those days we use now still to this day like the consistent graphics, the consistent posts, the videos that we make, you know, the... We were doing video stuff even back then. Like we yeah. were just post up in our apartment and turn on a light and record on our, you know, iPhone 6 or whatever. And we just figured it out. It was it was a cool way of, of doing things. We were real big on marketing ourselves and being very self-sufficient. We did our own tours. We managed ourselves for a long time. We did our own releases. Like there was so much that we had to do as as independent artists to to make that happen and like to try to chase that dream. And we always just talk about like we got to a point where we had a record deal offer and the best thing that ever happened to us was not taking that and not getting what we thought we wanted. Yeah. So there's big lessons involved in that in that time from our lives. So who was who was the singer? John was. Well, was I, singer? I sang like clean vocals. It was a heavy metal band, right? So we had a, <laughs> a yeah. so we had an aggressive vocalist and then a clean singer. And I was a clean singer, but it's been years. Yeah, <laughs> it's been years. So don't ask me to sing. <laughs> um, 
Well, what do you say? You want to go ahead and get into into real estate stuff? Let's do it. Let's do it. So one of our, our first topics today is this new Inman article. If you don't know who Inman is, they have their, you know, their uh, thumb on the pulse of real estate. And I really like this article that they came out with recently. It was uh, released, I believe, two days ago, so very updated. And it said that existing home sales surged 14.5%, ending a year-long streak of monthly declines. So is that 14.5% um, in a month? or sen- Month over month. Month over yes. month. Yes. So we are still down year over year. So there's some important context there, and I have this listed out. Um, yeah, so while the 14.5% surge from January to February is really good news, we are still down 22.6% year over year in uh, sales for resold homes. Yeah, but interest rates a year ago were, you know, half yeah. half of what they are now. Yeah, and, and that's the, the important part is like when people, you know, have this doom and gloom narrative, they're going to find things that support this. And it's like you have to be able to understand and like detach yourself from the situation and go, what's different last year than this year? Mm-hmm. Which is last year in February, we had interest rates at four point something percent. Mm-hmm. That gave a lot of buyers more purchasing power than they do now at 6.6%. Yep. So with more buyer activity, it only makes sense there's going to be more sales. So, you know, don't just buy into the the clickbaity titles and, and doom and gloom that you see everywhere. There's more context to be had. And still, like, even, you know, when we were at the peak, people still were like, oh, it's too expensive, you know? Like, the interest rates were at their lowest, like 2.8 if you had good credit, 2.5, 2.6. But uh, but now, uh, you know, like, it's, it's the other way around. They're like, oh, properties are cheap, but what am I doing? You know, the interest rate is, is super high, you know? Spot on. It's crazy because yesterday I was playing basketball, and and this guy, I just heard this comment uh, to the right of me, and he was like, uh, I'm not going to buy a house right now. Interest rates are so high. And I'm like, these same people that are saying I'm not going to buy a house right now because interest rates are so high were a year ago saying I'm not going to buy a house right now because I have to pay a hundred grand over asking price. Yeah, you're handcuffing yourself one way or another by not making a move at all. And so you get better deals. Yes, interest rates are higher. And y'all have heard us say this a million times, but you can refinance later and some lenders will refinance for free and you do not need a lot of cash i think that's the important part because a lot of people were out of the business like of of investing or buying their first home or their second third whatever but because there was so much cash involved that people were throwing cash at mm, problems, you know, yeah, yeah. having to cover that that appraisal gap, yeah. right? Like there were all these things that required more money out of pocket to be competitive that have gone away, and now you're complaining about the interest rate, and that's your your excuse for not not doing something. I didn't think about that, and I yeah. feel like having realtors uh, like us. Uh, I mean, every situation is different, but we cater to that person, you know, like, exactly. Like protect their interest. Uh, in 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 the market and everything and uh there's always that right home that you could buy you know even in this market or the last market right yeah and we i think very last pod we just said that by making the decision to purchase is a highly personal uh decision to be made Mm -hmm. right it's very personal and based on what your unique circumstances are and I think realtors get this bad rep for being kind of like used car salesmen where it's all about the sale and I'm going to do whatever I can to make the sale. And it's like, no, like 
we need to be the industry professionals that say, here's your situation. Here's an honest look at your situation. Here's what I recommend. Here's why I think it would, would be good and or bad for you. It's all about what you're feeling right now and if it's the right time for you to buy. And it's crazy because there's that stigma of agents being like used car salesmen, but there are legitimately good agents out there, right? And the thing is, is like even this week, I lost, I lost out on a deal because I told them you should not sell your house. I, I literally said that. And the thing is, is like, yes, I mean, I could have sold the house, but for their particular situation, it wasn't a good idea for them. And I'd rather them come to me when it is time and it is a better deal. And then they're going to remember me as the guy that told them the truth. Yeah, You know what I mean? Well, well, trust is such a big part of what we do. And what is the biggest, uh, what is the biggest difference between us and car sales, car sales people? Mm. We're liable. Oh, I like that. That's true. We are. We we can be held accountable for what we say and do. And that's that's the if that's not going to keep you in check, I don't know what will. Yeah, that's going to be. You lose your license. Like we're licensed people to do what we do. You could get your license revoked if you do something, you know, sketchball. So, man, that's that's going to be a thirty second clip. I know, that, <laughs> dude. That was so good. <laughs> that is so good. Difference between us as realtors and used car salesmen is that as realtors, we're held liable for our actions. That's so true. Yeah, yeah. That's so, awesome. uh, Pablo, what's going on that's new? You said earlier that you just joined a team. So, what's the difference between you being on a team and you being a solo agent? So, um, I don't know if you guys know Julio Olvera. Yes, he's a great agent. Right. Uh, and he's more than an agent. He's like a teacher to people, mm. you know, and more to our market, like my market, the, the Hispanic community. Right. So like uh, he just joined TRE. Mm -hmm. he, he brought his team to TRE and uh, I met him and, and uh, I had the opportunity to shadow him and 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 go to one of his seminars. And uh, for me, it's it's just like a, a lot of learning. From him, you yeah. know, like, because you do want to be the best agent you can be, right? Yeah. You want to add the most value mm -hmm. and you don't know what you don't know, right? Mm -hmm. So he he's, he has a lot of experience uh, in in real estate in the Austin market. And uh, and basically in he has done real estate in Mexico as well. You know? Oh, cool. So, That's cool. So he has he has a lot of experience and uh, and it's a great mentor, you know, and, and that's why I joined the team, you know, like it's, it's more, uh, it's more of, uh, he's, he's, I'm following his footsteps basically. Awesome. Yeah. Were you an individual agent before joining this team? I was, I was, how I got my license. How would you say you're and how long, how long have you been licensed? Four years. Four years. How would you say that experience the first four years or however long it was three and a half of, of being as an individual agent, how was that support? Like, how did you feel as far as like support wise and, and for your development, how, how did you feel? Did you feel like you could reach out to a coach or that you had a mentor that you could lean on anything like that versus, or, or is there a difference? Like, is there, is there positives in both and what, what would you prefer? I think the post positives is that, I mean, you do get to like find your own way, you know, like, mm -hmm. but then uh, it comes to a point where we're like, like being on a team, like I, I never thought of being on a team, you know, like when he showed up to the office and uh, I met him, I didn't, it, it wasn't even in my mind to join the team, but Matt, Matthew, Matt, he was like, Hey, you should meet Julio. You know, he's a great agent. 
I go meet him. I didn't know about him, to mm. be honest. And um, and then uh, we met for for like uh, coffee, whatever. And uh, and I started listening to his vision, you know, like his 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 track record and everything. And you know, like at first I was like, this sounds too good to be true, you know. <laughs> and um, and uh, then uh, you know, starting like get to know him, shadow him, you know, like you see that he he takes great care of the people that work with him, you know, like his clients, people that are associated with him. And I just, I was like, this is the type of agent that I want to be. That's qualities and, of a good leader. And you I, know? I dropped everything down and I was like, I'm, I want to join your team. That's awesome. I love it. I love that you were, you felt like after meeting with them, you felt compelled to join the team, yeah. you know, like that speaks volumes to what a good leader will do versus, you know, I've been on teams since I've been in real estate and, you know, I feel like I wasn't always, my development was always kind of on the back burner. Mm-hmm. You know, that was my first experience was I was more like a glorified agent or a glorified assistant. You know what I mean? That's what it felt like. It was, all right, Jordan, I need you to be at my listing at on Thursday at 10 a.m. to film my, my property tour. And I'm like, are you asking me or are you telling me? Like, maybe I have something going on that day. Like, and it's it, not like you're getting paid hourly to do Correct. That. I wasn't getting paid by this person to do this stuff. And so, you know, you, you start sitting there and going, what am I getting out of this? And so I think if you're not being led in an effective way that's that's pouring into you, you can get turned off by teams. Yeah. Because I very easily could have been like, this sucks. I'm, I'm not getting anything out of this. I'm going to go do this other thing on my own. And I think I, I could have benefited from doing that a little bit. But whenever I joined, you know, over at John's team, then I started getting support. I started getting development. I started getting the the attention of what does your business need as opposed to, Jordan, what are you going to do to grow your business? I'm like, I have no fucking idea. That's <laughs> we what, that's what you're here about for. This. We, we were, were just, just talking, talking about, about this. That's like, what you're here for yeah. is to teach me how to grow my business. You've You've been in business for this many years. And you're expecting me to tell you how I'm going to do it? What? Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, if, if <laughs> me and John, we, we were just talking about this. Yeah, I, I don't know if you want to. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, we were just talking about that. But I, I do sort of want to give another comment that I don't know if you know this. I don't know. I may have told you this like a little bit ago, and you don't know this either. But Julio was actually one of the first guys that reached out to me when I thought about getting into real estate. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so this was before I even had my license. He was reaching out to me and just asking me, you know, how how he can help. And it was really cool. And so it's really cool to see him actually uh, turn full circle and join where I'm at, too. That's dope. So I'm really excited. He's an awesome awesome mentor awesome guy he's been doing it for a long time and we're really excited for him to join up with us that's super cool some uh some more local news for us in leander uh john got a like unofficial tip that the leander lagoon is actually not happening yeah shocker so so pablo i don't know if you know but there's this place where for over the last i don't know maybe two three years uh they made a big announcement there was a lot of hype at the beginning Mm -hmm. lots of hype they made this big announcement where they were going to open this like resort style um hotel slash pool slash it's like a lagoon it's like a a big lake but it's water i mean it's man-made and so everybody was talking about it for the last couple of years and I just got some info from like the person at the very top, uh, like the I, I, I'm not allowed to say the, this person's name, but they said that 
it's not happening. It was never really a thing. And uh, and what's crazy is is that, and I'm not gonna lie, a lot of agents were using this as motivation to tell their clients, hey, you may want to buy in this area Mm -hmm. because this place is gonna be opening up. When in fact, it was essentially a lie. And I had my doubts, like I really did, because Leander already has, depending on who you ask, like has a water problem. You know, that that is real. That's a real thing that has been a big political discussion for our local uh, offices. But aside from that, if you went to the Lagoon's website or the developer, whoever whoever put on the Lagoon, Leander Lagoon website, I would notice it was like the copyright was like two years old and like not updated. And I'm like, okay, no one's keeping up with this website. What does that tell me? Well, what's crazy is the mayor announced it. Like, the mayor at that time mm-hmm. announced it. Like, they had a big, big... And I'm, and I'm pretty sure they were using that as, like, look at this accomplishment that I did. Exactly. Yes. And maybe look they, what I brought to the area. Maybe they did it so that people would vote for this person again, and it didn't work, but... Uh, That's politics just, like, to a T. Politics. Man. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. And so, yeah, I mean, this was going on during the real hype where everybody was buying houses, where interest rates were super low. And so these investors were coming into our area. And at that time, they were spending over asking price, even investors, right? And so when you tell them, hey, this is going to be opening up nearby, they and they purchase, and then two years later, it's not really happening. Like, that sucks. Yeah. yeah. That sucks. Yeah. I, it, blessing in disguise, maybe, given the the potential water issues. I don't know how we were going to maintain a, a huge man-made lagoon with the current situation. But um, nonetheless, you don't like to see, you know, a political play like that. And it, it kind of sucks to, to hype it up. And then, you know, I mean, people from the beginning, I remember the Facebook groups the in Leander had their skepticism where they're like, this is never going to happen. And I'm like, no, like everyone's so excited. Like, look, the mayor announced it. Like there was all these points that you wanted to be really stoked on it. But the the skeptics were right on this one. Well, yeah, I mean, you use it as a as a method to advertise your business. You use it as a method to advertise your listings and you use it as a method to advertise towards buyers. Yeah. And so if it's inaccurate, you know, it's not. (laughs) Well, we would drive by there and there would be no progress versus like Northline. You drive by it. There's buildings going up. They were clearing the space out and you're like, okay, this is going to happen. So Northline's legit. The Leander Lagoon is not. (laughs) Yeah. So we we were just talking about methods of advertising. What are some methods of advertising that you guys do as of recently? Yeah, I I think for this segment, we wanted to talk about things that we've tried out, maybe that newer, because everyone's wanting your money. When you're an agent, everyone's like, I can help you get leads. I can help you do <laughs> oh, this, yeah. but I want your money. Like, okay, so what we're going to do is review the things that we have done that we've thrown money at how it worked out, if it was worth it, and if we recommend it again or not. Um, so I'll kick it off. Okay. Uh, Zillow leads. Okay. So Zillow leads is really popular. Everyone who's listening here knows who Zillow is. They are like the the most recognizable name in, in home searches and stuff like that for whatever reason. But uh, a guy on our team, Nick, was purchasing Zillow leads, and he basically made it to where he was paying very good money and what that did is it put him at the top of the rank. You basically have to fork out a lot of money to be on the top of that list. I think he was paying like five or six grand a month for those? Minimum, yes. And so five to six grand, that is not a small chunk of change. So what were the results from that? 
I would say Nick would tell you he broke even mm-hmm. on some months. Other months, he lost. Oh, wow. Yes. So Zillow leads are so freaking garbage because what he would do is he had set up to where we were on his team, his Zillow team. And what that does is when someone calls him, whoever is the first to answer, you get the lead. So even though he was paying for it, he was nice enough to let us get an opportunity to, to field some of these calls. Every single call was hot garbage. <laughs> I remember hot garbage. I remember sh- and the thing about it is is like you and I are so relational when it comes to working with clients. These guys were and these leads that were coming in, they wanted to look at the house and then they would never talk to you again. Yes, the few that I actually fielded as far as getting their information, uh, getting them either set up on a portal or something like that, I didn't close a single one. And a lot of them were, I'm using you to go open this door, and yep. then I'm never going to talk to you again. Yep. Like, that's that sucks. Now, here's the thing. This is our experience. Correct. So There are people that swear by it. Yeah, there are people that swear by it. And in my opinion, this is just my biased opinion, is that Zillow, if they were to take, if they were able to take our job, they probably would. I'm sure they're working on something. Like, I, I, I there just has to be something going on. Between Open Door, Orchard, Zillow, like all these corporation have, real estate have you guys companies, heard about OpCity? Yes. Mm-hmm. OpCity, I think, is a great way to get leads when you're. I've heard good things about yeah. OpCity, and I think uh, they don't take money until you close. Oh, you know? that's so, interesting. So that they and they don't take that much. I mean, they take what a brokerage would take. You know? Okay. So, have you, they, ever, have you ever worked with them? I've never worked with them personally. I have heard of them, though. Okay. And I've heard, again, kind of a mixed bag where, you know, some people are like, oh, I'll never not use OpCity. And then some people are like, I'll never use them again. Mm-hmm. I think in this business, it's more about stick with things long enough. Yes. You know? uh, if, if you try something for, for a few weeks uh, and it doesn't work out, you know, be, because because a lot of different things work for different people in this business, you know? Right. But some I, people cold call. Some people don't do it at all. Some people have do this. Don't go door knocking. Some people don't. Open houses. Yeah. But but I do believe that real estate is a relational business, not a transactional business. I'd be very interested to know the people that say that things don't work. Such as, like, if someone said, oh, OpCity didn't work for me. Or, or like, me, for example, with, with the Zillow leads what I would love to be like a fly on the wall and hear those conversations because we talked about not everyone being created equal with their drive, with the the hunger to succeed. So maybe the leads we got, someone else would have hopped all over and, and maybe they would have closed. Maybe them. they would have made it work, you know? Mm. So, you know, you and I would get calls and we'd be like, this sucks. I'm yeah. like, I'm passing this off yeah. versus someone else who maybe was a little more hungry for, for that business or, you know, had a different approach would have would have made it work. Or maybe you guys had a different way that worked better, mm-hmm. and and you didn't invest any like enough effort into that lead generation. You know? Yeah. I mean, that is <laughs> that could be spot on. That's honestly. the name of the game. Like John and I talk about all the time that we just we focus so much on like again the relational part of you know throwing events, Facebook groups, um, your sphere, like tapping into that. There's that's our method of of selling is we don't do all these like really cold activities mm-hmm. door knocking uh you know ricky caruth is a is a cold call expert on youtube i don't know if you guys follow him i just watched one of his live sessions yesterday 
And I don't know how he does it because I, I would get so nervous before phone calls. Me too. I'm like, this person's going to hate me. They're going to hang up. They're going to drag my name through the mud. And he just goes through it so effortlessly. And I envy that so much because I bet I would amplify my business like crazy if I could get over my own head. Well, some of those guys, they're making a thousand calls a day and talking to, you know, out of the thousand calls, maybe I don't know. Two out of ten. Two out of yeah, ten are so two hundred people a day. Yeah, are answering. And then out of the two hundred, how many people are actually serious? And so they're just used to talking to so many people and then not getting offended if these people are like F off and you know, like just I don't know you, don't call me again, you know. And yeah. that to me, like some for someone that's so relational, it's hard for me. I hate rejection, I'm not gonna lie. But yeah. Uh, another thing is we were, I mean, I was in the service industry too, and, and you get a lot of bad stuff, mm -hmm. you know, like yeah. it's it's not great sometimes, you know, like people are. People treat people. the waiters like shit because their steak's undercooked or something, and you're just like, is this really like the, the worst part of your day right now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Okay, so what about some other uh, advertising? What's your thoughts on Facebook ads? Um. So for are you want to go first or no go, go okay okay so I started off with Facebook ads um, I've closed a couple deals with Facebook ads really yeah I have um, the thing is is that there's a few ways to advertise on Facebook one would be brand recognition right so if people are constantly seeing your face like one I have going on right now uh, are constantly seeing your face within a certain community right and then you g meet them in person they're they're gonna remember that you're that guy that they saw all the time on Facebook the other thing is like uh, lead form generation right so you're doing like a I don't know, it's a property. Hey, come check out this house. The lead form one, if you do it right, it will work, but it's hard to zoom in and do it right. That's what I was going to say is is I had a very strategic, when Oracle announced that they were moving their headquarters to Austin, I made a campaign. I found out where their headquarters was located in California, and I made a radius to, to oh, advertise to those people. That's smart. And it was actually the most popular Facebook ad where I got like, 50 plus leads in like two days, but a lot of, again, a lot of them were not legitimate or they weren't like, I don't know. It's just a numbers game at that point. But I did have success with real people inputting their information to go to this website that I had, you know, targeting Oracle employees. If I could figure, and I've never been able to replicate it. I think that's the problem is I think that I don't have like an official answer on this, but I feel like Facebook has changed the, the rules around housing advertising yeah. and they've made it a lot more difficult to accomplish what you're trying to do. For example, I see John's ad that he was just talking about every freaking time I log in, I am not John's target audience. <laughs> I'm a realtor. I like, and I see so many other realtors post advertising yeah. this and that. And I'm like, your dollars are being wasted. Now, granted, that's just because I'm a realtor. But well, the thing is, is I can't, now that they changed the rules, I can't take you off of off of that. Yeah. So because it's excluding you. Correct. And unfortunately, the new rules with Facebook are you can't exclude certain people, unfortunately. Yeah, and I but I think it has to do specifically with housing. I think it has to do with like yeah. fair housing or yep. something like that because 
when you go to make a Facebook ad for housing, it automatically takes away the age demographic. Mm -hmm. It takes away like all sorts of stuff. So you have to, if you're going to advertise to your zip code, you're going to advertise to every single person in the zip code. You can't really get real specific. And that's why I think it's, it's good if done effectively, but it's become a lot more difficult to do effectively. And when it comes to Facebook, our bread and butter is Facebook groups, and uh, that's our bread and butter. It's Facebook groups and then taking the leads that we get from events that we make from the Facebook groups and then taking the data from those events and putting them in a newsletter or putting them in a drip campaign, and that's been working really well for us. And the groups are free. That's the other good part about it. Groups are free. The things that you do from the groups are not you know, events and things like that. But, but you, can, you can get sponsors to pay for the events. Yeah, which we've talked about. Go back and listen. Yeah. Pablo, do you have any? Have you run any ads of any kind as far as like either? Um, yeah, I mean, some people do radio, some people do billboards, some people do online. Have you done any of those? I've done Facebook, uh, to Instagram. I've done. What was your experience with those? With Facebook, uh, I I relate more like what John said. Groups are like posting in every group that you can find it's like the best mm. you know because you're getting engagement mm -hmm. you know like comments likes people and um and i think that's that's what has worked for me the best i also don't like the feeling of having like for example i have 840 people on my facebook having to pay to promote it to my full group is such bullshit <laughs> that is so awful yeah. like when you're having to pay to expand your reach, like that's the business model. That's how Facebook makes money. I would understand paying to advertise to people outside of your environment, right? But if it's people that have already liked and followed you, it just sort of sucks that you got to pay to get it to them more. Yeah. What, what if you ask ChatGTP? I honestly haven't played around with it too much. Um, we we've talked about our fears and 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 possibly the opportunities that are there with ChatGPT uh, for realtors. I'm seeing it everywhere online, every single group, every single day. Someone mentions ChatGPT, so I know other people are thinking the same thing. I worry about losing the authentic element of what we do. I worry that like, okay, if I'm gonna use ChatGPT to write this listing description for me like it may do a good quick job but like it's not gonna it's gonna be very general you know what i mean like i've seen so much of the stuff like i've heard where the information cuts off at like 2001 so some of the you know i saw a realtor say write me a, a market analysis of something something city and it was all inventories I, I, low prices are jumping high i'm like this sounds very 2021 mm -hmm. you know so like you have to really double check that information that if you're going to use chat GPT, you have to ensure that's accurate. I think it's not allowed to do uh, like predictions or like talk about market mm -hmm. and, and everything like that. But uh, I, I heard a guy, like I was talking to a guy that uh, he, he's in compliance in a company and he built the full manual for his employees in chat GTP. He oh had like, my God. He had like two <laughs> years to build it. Like the company gave him two years because it's like a big company. And um, he did it in two days because he had to tune up some things. But but that sounds like a lawsuit yeah. just waiting to happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, 
you know, somebody asked me to put some policies and procedures together for our team, and I used ChatGPT, <laughs> and it was pretty accurate. It was pretty good? <laughs> pretty accurate. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. So There's opportunity in there. I sound like the old guy just, like, yelling out the clouds right now, like, oh, this new technology. Like, this but new technology. I just, like, I, like I said, I think there's opportunities to, to implement it and have it be useful for maybe some of the mundane tasks that we have. But you you have to not lose the heart and soul of what you're doing in your post and things like that. So that's what I worry about. Yep, I agree. Um, I agree. Google ads. I just re- restarted my Google ads. I had one that took off, and I had old information in there. Uh, it's whenever the, after the market had turned and it started becoming a little bit more towards buyer favor. I had the, you know, I hadn't updated my my stuff that said sell your home quick. Well, you know the real seller pro seller headlines and and clickbaity stuff and it was popping off but like nothing happened i i supposedly got all this traffic to my to my website didn't see anything for it so hmm. i'm giving it another go um i'm excited for it i do like the analytics i think i think you can get a little more specific and honed in with google ads than you can on facebook so keep you posted on that there's one thing that i've man and i hate to admit this cuz like I should have been doing this already, but SEO, search engine optimization for a website, as well as uh, Google ads is something that I just have not gotten into. There's so much stuff that we got to keep up with. Yep. It's insane. There is. So like, I'm going to get to it eventually. Yeah. So my strategy this time around, because I'm going to be spending probably about $500 a month on this Google ads to give it some time and see if it's actually worth it. But I, I have it linked to go to my link tree instead of my comp, you know, my KV core website, mm-hmm. my KV core website. I don't have a lot of uh, customization in. I don't have a lot of value adding things in there, but on my link tree, they get access. They get to view my, my website, my YouTube channel, my TikTok account, my buyer, you know, first time home buyer form. So there's a lot more value packed into that site than there was ever in the first one. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping that that translates into something. Do you have a Google page? I don't use a Google. You mean like a like a Google profile, like yeah, a like, like a, a business profile, page? Yeah. I do. Um, instead of having them go there because it's tied to the address that's for our office, mm-hmm. I don't want people to think I'm a Round Rock exclusive agent. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I'd rather them. I'm going to advertise to Leander as a Leander realtor because that's my bread and butter, and see how it goes. Like all my advertising, the keywords and everything is just targeted at Leander. Can I give can I give a, a, a little tip? Sure. So uh, recently, um, I purchased a local Instagram page, and it has thirty five hundred followers. Uh, but the thing is, is that those followers are immediately within the area that I want to sell houses. Mm-hmm. So what I've been using this Instagram account for is sharing news in that area and then very, very seldomly talking about real estate. Very seldomly. And the thing is, is like they have to go to my website to see the real estate. And then also they sign up to my newsletter. I, and, and I think you actually were talking about something similar to this. Um, Julio does, right? Mm-hmm. So he has like a news type uh, newsletter, something like that. Reporte. Oh like no 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 no! He he partnered with uh, this page that does news in Spanish. Oh, okay, okay. So, so like he he's a partner with this guy that does like he has like ninety four k followers. Holy! 
Is that all like really local? All, all really local in Austin. That's awesome. So so like uh, they have like a partnership and uh, and and we do videos with them. Oh, uh, okay. So like advertise through it. Yeah, yeah. We we do videos with them, like 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 basically saying uh, what we offer. You know, like ah, uh, gotcha. That's like awesome. How, how we can help. That's so smart. Uh, John, yeah, when John bought that page, he showed me like that page gets tons of organic, genuine uh, engagement, and that's that's difficult to find these days. Mm-hmm. So buying yeah. buying a local, you know, if if you're in a in a city that has a a popular Instagram page or a Facebook page or something, look into if they'll sell it to you. You never know what could come from that, or partner with them like Julio's doing. You don't have to buy it. And yeah. and I feel too that that uh, with ads and everything and and what we do, the intention is really important, right? Like like the intention is to help more people. Yes. You know, like edu- educate. You know, like educate the people that that we work with, our clients, uh, to become homeowners or investors or you know like b- build that long term wealth, or like leave a house to their kids. You know, like different goals for everyone, right? But. But the intention, you know, like I used to, uh, whenever I, I did cold calls, I used to think the way, you know, like, hey, like I might be bothering this person, you know, like they they have enough in their life mm-hmm. and I'm here like trying to sell them a house. But then, you know, I'm not, like the way I think about it now is I'm trying to help, you know, like I'm trying to add value and my intention is to help and and you see it at closings, you know, like when people are in the closing table and they're ha- the happiest they've ever been, you're helping. Yeah. That's the payoff. That. I love it. And that's the difference. The intention is the difference that separates us from used car salesmen. Again, yeah. I mean, when's the last time you saw a, a car dealership uh, advertisement and you learned something or there was some kind of like extra value provided? No, it's just sale, sale, sale. Come on in at the blah, 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 blah. We got blah, 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 blah for sale. Like, people get tired of that. You need to provide and, value first, and that's why people will want to work with you. And they don't, like, in my experience, when I bought my car, it was a, a horrible process. It was the worst process I've ever been in my mm. life, you know? Like, uh, this person that I bought it with, you know, like, he was really trying to sell me the car, so he was agreeing to everything that I said. Uh, oh, yeah. And, 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 like, I, you know, like, I don't know the car market, and I know a lot about, about cars, but, uh, like, it, this was my first time buying a new car, right? Yeah. So, like, oh, you want this, you want that, and we can do this, and we can do that, and, and like, if we had this, and everything was so fast, and when I, and you can walk, walk out today with your new car and i'm like okay but like i need time no but you know like you're already here blah, blah. and it was car, just constant cars, selling cars are selling really fast like you know don't don't leave blah, blah. and and like and like i was you know new to the process and and i i, I didn't know better one know? time i was buying a car and i'm sorry to interrupt no go ahead. uh but one time i was buying a car actually he does that a lot I know I interrupt <laughs> a lot. Uh, I just actually bought a new car recently, uh, Tesla. No, just a small shout. Not out. a big deal. Thanks, Elon. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but basically, uh, when I got there, he found out my last name was Perez, and he was like, "Oh, your last name's Perez." I was like, "Yeah." He was like, "I've got a 
I've got my a good friend that's last name is Perez, and I'm like, cool, dude. <laughs> like, <laughs> like failing miserably to try to build that rapport. Yeah, it's so funny. Like, yeah, all right. <laughs> I bet during your car buying experience, you didn't feel like a priority. Your needs and your feelings didn't feel like a priority in that. It was more the it's sale was the priority. It's not even that. I felt cheated. You know, I felt like, uh, yeah, like I I felt cheated. You know, like he didn't care about how much money I made, how much money I had to, like, budget for that car, like, about anything, you know? And He just, and car- he just cared about the sale. He just cared about the sale. Uh, and, 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 and that's uh, another huge difference. Like, here we, we have to look at financials. We have to look at debt-to-income ratio. Like, we have to look at a lot of things that that we, we got to make sure that they're going to be able to, to to make that payment, you know? Well, these are people's lives that we're, we're dealing with. Like, we're we're responsible for educating them on if something is going to be a, a beneficial decision for them. And they're entrusting us with this information and this guidance. And that is not a responsibility that I take lightly no. and that any good agent does. Mm-hmm. So, Hey, I want to give a small shout out to destiny. She's, she's on the side. Destiny, uh, She's with us today. Uh, she's my sister-in-law and she's awesome. She's my daddy. What? <laughs> oh yeah. Sorry, I'll I'll bring it back in. Okay. Uh, <laughs> last so last thing I want to talk about as far as things that advertising that we have personally invested our dollars in. You had a billboard for a year. Yes. How did that go? So here's the thing. I did a lot of research before I did the billboard and all the information that I got is accurate. <laughs> and basically a billboard is not good for getting direct leads. I'll say that. And let me go into more detail. A billboard is good for long-term branding, right? So, for example, when I walk into a restaurant, people are going to say, are you the guy on the billboard, right? And that's not BS. I've been with you so many times in so many different places where people are like, oh, there's that guy from the billboard. Yeah, like literally happened two days ago. Where were where were we at? So you're the guy from the billboard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we were uh, dropping off some furniture. Yes, we were dropping off furniture in my neighborhood, <laughs> and the person was like, "Oh, you're you're John from the the billboard." Yeah, and so here's the thing: I've only closed four or five deals from that billboard. It paid it paid for itself, maybe a little more. Um, but from a branding perspective, when I walk into listing appointments and they know that I have a billboard, they're more prone to to trust me faster, right? So it's like, oh, John has a billboard. Like, everybody trusts him. So they sign the listing agreement quickly. And, you know, and, and that's the thing is, like, that's a big hurdle we have to go through as real estate agents is building trust. And I will say a billboard is very good yeah very good for uh building trust the downside is it was twenty five hundred dollars a month with a one-year commitment baby yeah so i mean pros and cons yeah pros and cons take it for what it's worth i mean did i get my money back yes did i get branding and like more awareness yes but i mean was it worth it i'm gonna give it like i'm gonna even it out like you know it's not 
Yeah, and I'd also be curious what twenty five hundred bucks that and other avenues that we've talked about would produce. Like if yeah. if you got SEO nailed down really well, or or like Google ads, Facebook ads, or even a combination your, of that group, you know. Yeah. Like, and and that. it did help, and that's the thing is like the um, indirect marketing, right? So like people in my dad's Facebook group saw the billboard, and then now and they see all the stuff that I'm talking about and posting about in the Facebook group. And so now it's like this omnipresence of branding and advertising. And you don't even have to bring up real estate. They're going to bring it up to you. That's yeah. the cool thing is, is when you are a, an effective advertising realtor, people are going to come up to you and talk about it. You don't even have to be the one that's like, Hey, you want to talk about real estate? Yeah. Yeah. So, so, uh, last thing, <laughs> last thing we got, we got to wrap up. We got to so wrap up. <laughs> John's got a showing here in a little bit. So we're going to, we're going to wrap this up here pretty soon. Is there anything that you blow money on with, uh, with a closing? Like, ev do you have like a ritual where when you close and you like reward yourself or something? So I hate to admit it, but I like playing poker. And so, but I do know I need to set boundaries, uh, for finances. So, when I close on deals, I'll go play poker. What about you, Pablo? You have a ritual? You got like a celebratory ritual when you get a closing? Probably like having a nice dinner. Okay. okay. You know, kind. Like it's like we're going to Ruth Chris tonight, baby. Yeah. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. Uh, mine's hockey cards. I hate to admit it. I've, I've spent so much money in the last year on, on stupid cards. And I was a real uh, upset, not, not obsessive. Uh, I was addicted to collecting cards. Pokemon, Dragon Ball Z, Digimon, whenever I was growing up. I had sports cards when I was little, too. And I kicked that habit for a good 20 years or so, or 15 years. And then now it's, like, back in my life, and I'm just, like, chasing the that next hit, you know? Like, <laughs> And I have a few cards that, are, that have yeah. made it worth it. I've got some nice Gretzky auto cards and things like that. But um, real easy to, to blow through your money that way. Love it. Yeah. Well, um we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. But one thing I do want to say is that our podcast is growing fast. And it's really cool that you guys are sharing this podcast. You guys are telling your friends. Um, but I, I would want to give out a challenge. And if you've learned something from this podcast, can you please share it with an agent that might be struggling right now or that might need help? That's the same thing as struggling. But uh, just letting other agents know about this podcast as well as just just lending a hand like it doesn't hurt to lend a hand and the thing about it is a lot of people come from this mindset of no i'm not going to share knowledge because that means that they're going to start making sales and that means it's going to take away from me and the thing is is who are you thinking about yourself and when you are thinking about yourself your clients will realize that's where your mindset is and they're probably not going to want to work with you yeah and we also want to open it up. I love that bit, by the way. Like, it's it's true. You've got to come with a very, again, value-first mindset, and business will come. You attract business by providing value. Yep. And so aside from that, let us know. Like, we love feedback as well. I like whenever people go to our Instagrams and, and they send me a, a DM or something and say, hey, like, I heard that you talked about this. How would you handle this? If there's a scenario that you're going through right now that you want to hear or share um, let us know. We, we're open to talking about all kinds of subjects on here as long as it's real estate related. And I mean, we, we only have what our experience is, right? And maybe you're in a situation that you need some outside perspective on because you can't see past what your own opinion on it is. 
that's what this, I mean, this is what this is all about is just sharing ideas and stories to help you make, make you more successful. Yeah. Pablo, thank you for joining us. Where can people find you on social media? Pablo Nieto ATX uh, in Instagram and on Facebook, Pablo René Nieto. And uh, just keep in mind, we I do have a podcast. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. So, hey, yo, get the plug in there. So uh, Aprende y Emprende, it's it's totally in Spanish. Uh, so so yeah, you can you can hear some of our of our episodes. And and if you guys need help in Spanish or you have a friend, agent, client, whatever, you know, we're always doors open and uh, we're here to help each other. Nice. Awesome. Thank John, you guys for having me. Of course. Thanks for joining. Here. John, Instagram handle? Uh, at John Michael Perez on Instagram, and then I'm John Michael Perez on uh, Facebook. Jordan sells ATX on Instagram. Give us a follow. Let us know what you think. Comment, review, subscribe, blah, 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 blah. We'll see you all next week. See you. We'll see you next week. I, don't, I, I won't see you next week, but <laughs> take care. <laughs>